This is Priya Barthel for Hudson Mohawk Magazine, and I'm back once again for my monthly check-in with Ian Hauk of Reference Services and Adult Services at Troy Public Library. Although, I'm not sure it's Ian because there's no manga and no anime, but he swears he is Ian Hauk. So Ian, if it is you, welcome back. Thank you for having me. So let's get to the books. Looks like you have an interesting variety. Yes, thanks. First up is uh, Forged by Blood by Ihigbor Okosan. This is book one of a new uh, fantasy series, the Tainted Blood Duology. Um, So being book one, you get into some world building here, and it's very much a kind of fantasy, but set with a colonial mindset where um, our main character, Demi, is of a... uh, group that is being overrun by a larger country uh and they are being subjected to um you know the usual harassments of colonialization but she has a blood magic art that she learns from her mother now being the book one of the series it has to set off the rest of the events in the series where because of some misplaced trust in a young prince uh, prince jonas she loses her mother and has to begin a grand adventure. So this is good for those who are either emerging out of the YA readership. Uh, many of you will enjoy this. Or if you just enjoy a general um, kind of new new fantasy coming out of not the usual European mythology, but this coming out of um, African mythology as well. Okay, so at least we have fantasy. So I guess you are Ian after all. And the second book? Well, the, the, to throw one into the mix, there is a contemporary romance called Role Playing, Role Playing by Kathy Yardley. Uh, this book is about a mother who makes a deal with her 17-year-old son. I'll be more sociable if you're more sociable. Um, how she gets around this is that she begins playing an online multiplayer game. So that is at least that was an aspect I could uh, connect with, um, which is also interesting being contemporary romance, the idea uh, engaging with the idea of online friends being real friends. And that's sort of the buildup. And then you'll start hitting the classic romance beats of, oh, we don't like each other. I'm more shut in. They're more open. We're talking. We're talking. Big event happens in game and and they finally um fall in love um so a fun light read uh for me in in this case in comparison to some of the past recommendations i've given the only thing that seems to be missing is it's not the making of a hallmark movie but i guess it would have to have christmas in there somehow at this time of year to be hallmark it would uh, in this case, although, uh, you know, just a few tweaks, just add the word Christmas in. I'm sure we could get this gone. Uh, we'll get our writers together and we'll get it going. <laughs> okay, I want recognition in the acknowledgement section. Okay, and the next one? Um, so next is a nonfiction title we have on our shelf. Uh, it's a new one. His Majesty's Airship, The Life and Tragic Death of the World's Largest Flying Machine by uh, S.C. Gwen. This is about about the uh, British airship, the R101. And this was uh, commissioned because there was an approach uh, in the uh, 1920s and 1930s where the British Empire wanted an easier way to connect its different uh, disparate parts. And what uh, was commissioned was a large airship 
the idea being we wouldn't have to sail around all the continents and different countries. We could just fly over them. Um, so the R101, uh, on its first long voyage, it was supposed to be going to uh, India. And what happened is, as it was leaving um, Cardigan, the weather across the English Channel in northern France and central France began to worsen. And what resulted is the R101 actually ended up crashing and um, emulating just outside of the woods of Alon in France. Um, of the passengers, only six survived, and it was actually a crash that was uh, larger than the Hindenburg. So this is a nonfiction book. It is, yes. It's about the history of um, one of the largest airship crashes in history. So forgive me, but what's the difference between an airship and a blimp? Uh, an airship or dirigible, for those who like to use that word, is a dirigible um, has a more solid outer structure, whereas blimps as we know them are softer and more balloon-like. This uh, was an airship being more solid, uh, had um, steel and iron rings within it, and um, the the effects was in its study afterwards, after the crash, to kind of investigate it for the government. They were doing studies, building models, uh, putting things into a wind tunnel, really trying to understand the effects of this. And the idea is, even though airships, we understand that they are uh, much slower uh, than other modes of transportation, they do need to maintain a uh, type of speed to stay properly upright. So in the investigation, what they found was uh, within the crashes, the R101 was actually nose down, and they figured at impact with the research they had that it was traveling at 13 miles an hour when it made impact and burst in the flame. And I don't remember if you said, what time period are we talking about here? Yes. So this... Um, the, the date of the crash was October 5th, 1930. Um, so it was uh, commissioned in um, uh, 1929, and its uh, crash was in October 1930. Thanks. I don't remember hearing of this before. Thanks. And then you've got the next book covers everything you didn't talk about yet. What's the next book? Uh, so the next book is All the Knowledge in the World, The Extraordinary History of the Encyclopedia by Simon Garfield. Now, this one is uh, not as large as an encyclopedia because it's just supposed to be, it's just the history about them. But it's a really, uh, I thought, fascinating way to engage with the idea of is it even possible to collect all the knowledge in the world? So it's sort of no truth in advertising if it says it's all the knowledge in the world, but it's not. It is not. Um, now, again, this is one of those that I have a pick for is where I, I picked it to engage with the idea, not so much for the, um, the uh, writing that was really going to draw you in. It is interesting. It, it is interesting, and it's about the history of trying to collect the information. But um, I really enjoyed it for the ability to engage with the idea of trying to learn that much. Uh, the idea of an encyclopedia even carries on today when we consider what we try to do with the internet. Um, on the internet, we, we even say you have access to everything, but do you really? It's an attempt we're making 
um, but it it's not always going to pan out. And then even if we are successful, if we could in one place collect all the knowledge in the world, how much can one person know is a night is something that I kind of came up with is um, is a master of calligraphy also supposed to be able to under fully understand hydro hydrophysics. Somehow that idea of all the knowledge in the world reminds me of a meme that went around uh, during the pandemic of somebody sitting at the computer and saying, well, I've seen everything on the internet. What else is there to keep me occupied? Uh, yes, that would, all the things on the internet, that would be uh, quite a feat. <laughs> to which I would recommend coming to your local public library. Nicely done, sir. And then how far back does all the knowledge in the world, how far back does it go for encyclopedias history? Uh, the encyclopedias, um, encyclopedias really got started in medieval to Renaissance Europe. But again, the pursuit of collecting knowledge goes all the way back through all human history. Um, it was one of the ideas behind the Library of Alexandria, where when you actually came into port in Alexandria, the trading ships were searched to see if they had any texts aboard. And if they did, they were confiscated, taken to the library and and, uh, transcribed to be put into the collection before they were returned to you. And that sound of admiring the Alexandrian library comes from the head of adult and reference services at our local Troy Public Library, Ian Houck, for Troy Public Library at 102nd Street in Troy, and the website? TheTroyLibrary.org. Where the word the is an important part of the URL to keep you in New York State. Thanks a lot, Ian. Thank you. And this is Bria Barthel for Hudson Mohawk Magazine.